Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Hello, hope you're having a great week so far. Earlier this year, no less than nine atmospheric rivers doused the state of California with an astounding 30 trillion gallons of water, triggering widespread flooding, landslides, and power outages across the state for weeks at a time. Today, I'm talking to Scott Van P, Quality and Risk Project Director at the accountancy firm of Clifton Larson Allen. Scott shares the communication and response playbook his team used to ensure safe and smooth business operations as the storms rolled in. Let's listen in. Hey, Scott. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, Peter. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. Some people may not be familiar with Clifton Larson Allen, so could you provide some context by describing what the firm does and how many employees and locations you have in and around California that were impacted by the recent biblical levels of precipitation? So CLA is a professional service firm. We provide clients with integrated services such as wealth advisory, digital tax, audit, outsourcing, and consulting. Nationwide, we have 8,500 family members that cover approximately 125 locations. Specifically in California, we have 13 locations with 775 people. Now, in the area that was mainly affected, we have four offices, probably around 100, 125 people that are in those locations. And that's really where we spent most of the effort in working through the flooding and things that had happened there last March. So what was your top priority when you learned about the storms and the potential impacts on your facilities and people? Yeah, our top priority is really to keep our people safe. Obviously, we want to keep our facilities safe, but our people are our number one priority. And really, in order to do that, our objective is keeping the business running, proactively communicating any type of office closures or areas that we know where people live that are affected. We want to make sure that we can communicate to them. So they don't get stuck going to an office that is potentially out of power, might have some water damage, or they're on their way to work and just can't get there because a road is closed. And do you have a lot of folks that are also working from home, maybe hybrid workers, things like that? And that's one of the benefits of working at CLA is we, we do have the option of really, you know, I'd say working from the office or at home. We encourage working in the office because we believe that by collaborating and being together, we can be more productive. But we also recognize that there are times where it just makes more sense to work from home. So given the fact that we have that option and depending on the situations that happening, being able to proactively communicate to people to say, hey, you may want to stay home today because it might be hard to get into the office would be a good thing for us to do. Now, had you experienced something like this before? Was there a, a battle-tested plan of action that you were able to leverage for this new challenge at the time? So if you recall last fall, Hurricane Ian hit Florida. And as we were tracking that hurricane and it was looking to come on shore somewhere around the, the Tampa Fort Myers area, we decided to get the office leadership together a few days before the storm was happening. So in Florida, we have seven offices a lot more people. We're talking 1,500 people that live in the state of Florida that work at CLA. And our approach was to make sure that they knew that this service was available, the service to be able to send text and email notifications when our CLA systems are down or they may be outside of work. 
So we met as an office group. We wanted to make sure that we understood from the local perspective who was taking the lead. And then also from the response side, those that weren't in the path of the storm that could step in and help them. So we help coordinate from both fronts, who's our contacts down locally on what's happening so we can then turn around and send communications and then make sure we have people on standby to help track people if needed. That's how we approach that situation to prepare for the pending situation. And, and we did the same thing in California. It's very similar what happened. You think about a hurricane versus what happened in California. California was all the wetness, the rain, without the winds necessarily. But right. very similar from the flooding perspective and just chaos, people not knowing what to do. And it sounds like putting in something that could allow you to communicate very quickly across multiple channels really helped things out. Yeah, they did. Now, what were some of the first steps you took to communicate with your people? Well, one of the things that we did is we, we want to make sure that people know that they have this application on their phone and they could get a message from us. So, I mean, and don't know about you, but you know, you get a message or a text on your phone, you look for who it's from. And if you don't recognize the number, you think one of two things, um, wrong number or it was spam. So we want to make sure that when we send a message out, that people know it is from alert media from CLA, that there is a situation that we want them to stop and pay attention to. So through a series of advanced notifications, making sure that everybody is familiar that this service exists, but then do a pre-notification in advance of the service saying, if you get a message from here, we are monitoring the situation in regards to either the hurricane or in California, the flooding, that you might get a message. And so that, that's step number one is to make sure that a pre-message goes out. And that way people are prepared and, and know that they can expect the service and that we're there to help them and, and somebody's keeping an eye on for them from afar that isn't necessarily involved in the situation. Do you also do annual testing or do you just kind of remind people of this before you see big storms coming? We don't do necessarily annual testing with all 8,500 people. But what we do is if a region wants to send a test out for their team, we really let the local people drive the decision based on the nows that they have on in hand. So, for example, for the California situation, this is a group that just joined CLA late last year, and they were unfamiliar with the program. Coincidentally, a few weeks before the floods hit and the rains hit, we sent out a message letting them know that this service exists. On your first day at CLA as an employer or a family member, you will get a notification from Alert Media describing the service. It's part of our orientation. And then just through other various training programs throughout the year in regards to quality and risk, we will keep people informed of the service. One of the things we're always careful to do is to not over-communicate. And there's a fine line between making sure people are aware the program exists and then being a nuisance when they get texts on their phone and then want to opt out because everybody does have the right to opt out. And we really don't want them to do that. So we try to balance that communication of not doing it too much to distract people or annoy people. And it seems to me a big part of being successful with a program like this is being able to establish up front and explain to people the why behind it. So generally speaking, how did your people respond to engaging like this? Are they open to it? Were there, was there pushback? How did you address that? How did you explain the why? Maybe talk us through that a little bit. What we did is that through a series of 
through a series of meetings and introductories that are tied into other quality or risk trainings or other announcements at the firm, we began to show the capabilities, what it will be used for, make a promise that we're not going to use it to advertise, for instance, that there are donuts in the break room, that it's really a, an application that's meant to help be informative to either protect you if you are in an area where something or a crisis may be happening, or if for some reason our systems would be unavailable and we needed to reach you and provide you instructions about how you can get your work done for the day if we had a system outage for some reason. So through those communications, both live and in person, we were able to spread the message. By and large, it's been very successful. Most of the time when we send out an alert message that an office is closed or that there's inclement weather or you know something that's impacting the day-to-day, we'll get a message from somebody saying, thanks for sharing, that, that saved me some time, or you know, I'm safe which is what we saw a lot when the hurricane happened. And we also saw maybe a dozen messages from the California situation where people said, yeah, thanks for checking on me. I'm safe. That's fantastic. So generally speaking, since you handled things properly up front, people were aware of it. They understood the why behind it. They knew you weren't going to abuse it. They were actually very appreciative when you engaged with them during that emergency event. Absolutely. I keep track of the dropouts, those that want to unsubscribe from the service and Ever since we really did the initial rollout, we haven't had anybody decline the service. So I believe we're taking a prudent approach to how we're using the program right now. Yeah, I think that's key. What you said is so important. You don't want to over-notify because people will get notification fatigue and they'll just tune out. So it's kind of a combination of starting up front the right way, knowing how you're going to use it, explaining to people the why behind it, inviting them in, not abusing it when you do get in that situation and, and reserving it only for the most important updates, and then people will stay engaged. So that's that's a fantastic right. story. Right. Did, did anyone particularly engage back with you and request assistance or anything during the storms? You know, thankfully, no. You know, our people were safe. We didn't have anybody that was, you know, put in harm's way. As I mentioned, we did receive a number of notifications back, but the impact for people getting hurt or significant property damage was was minimal. So we didn't have a situation where people were needing significant help. I'm thankful that that application is there because absolutely if somebody is needing it and when we send out notifications like that, if somebody comes back, let's be prepared to jump in and, and figure out what we can do to help them. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like a, a seatbelt or an airbag. You mm-hmm. hope to never have to use it, but when it's when you need it, you're glad it's there. Right. Absolutely. Well, there's one vector we didn't really talk about. Um, What was it like for you personally during all this? Because I know you're actually thousands of miles away from California. So how were you able to manage through this and address it all head on? Yeah. So living in Wisconsin, uh, absolutely. A couple thousand, you know, 1,500, you know, 2,000 miles away. It it is a little bit, you know, taxing because I feel that anxiety that they feel that we want to help them. We feel for them in their situation. But Really, for me, what I enjoy in part of my role is to help keep that communication flowing to those that need it is something that that really makes me feel like I'm providing value to those that need the help. And that's really what's most important is, is making sure that they're supported and feel supported as they're going through it. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that anxiety because it's felt on both ends by the people taking care of others as well as by the people being taken care of. And when there's an emergency... The best way to cure that anxiety is to communicate. 
you provide people with information, it reduces that anxiety level. They know where to go. They know what's going on. They know who to ask for help and things like that. So it's helpful on both sides to have that open channel of communication. Absolutely. When we made the decision to use alert media, one of the real benefits was, is by and large, when a situation would happen in the past, the local people would have to deal with it and solve the issue as, as they're going through the crisis themselves or the situation themselves. And adding on their duty to take care of their people and their professional world and their career along with their family and their property, we had an opportunity to remove that burden from them where they just need to reach out for, uh, to us who are not involved in it that can help. And I know that we're set up that if you know something were to happen in the region where I live, that there are other people that can then take the lead on it. Let me deal with my property and my family, the things that are important to me, and then feel like they can take care of us on the professional side, the, the business side of things to keep our company up and running. So there is that feeling of comfort and support that we're trying to provide to everybody here. So they don't have to worry about that end of the spectrum in regards to work when something is happening. Yeah, that's huge. And it kind of goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Unless you feel safe, you cannot think about anything else or do anything right. else. So when people, A, know that you're checking in on them and providing them assistance, they start to feel more safe. So it just it's amazing how communication, being able to do it from anywhere in the world, can really just help bring everyone's anxiety down and make them feel more safe so they can go back to being productive again. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, once the storm's passed, what's been the total impact to the organization, if anything? Well, you know, certainly when you have a disruption, it's going to impact your ability to ultimately serve clients because things will get in the way and slow down. When we're not able to easily get into the office, move about, yeah, that's going to have an impact. But by and large, there really wasn't an impact since we didn't have anybody that was, you know, significantly uh, affected with their health or had significant property damage. The offices, I think maybe one of them had a, a water leak that was easily remedied, but, you know, really nothing there that was significant either. We were able to quickly get back and serve our clients. Now, this region is heavily agriculture where these offices are located. So a lot of our clients are our agribusiness, and we're impacted more than what we were. So we were able to step back and get in and help our clients, how they can recover financially, how we can advise them and consult with them. Tax deadlines were extended, so assuring them that we can still get their tax work done and get their filings done on time because all of this happened during our busiest time of the year. Oh my gosh, yeah. So by coming alongside them and helping them, it positioned us to be strong in the market to be able to continue to support our clients. So by keeping our people safe and having this program, it did have a direct impact on our ability to help our community and our clients. Yeah, it goes beyond just the organization. You can continue to deliver on your mission. Absolutely. Well, I'm always a big fan of sharing lessons learned. So with that in mind, what have you learned from this experience that you plan to take forward into future disaster response? I mean, really, you take the two scenarios that we've been through in the past year, the, the one in Florida and then also the one in California is the preparedness is absolutely key. So we knew these situations were coming. The weather forecast said a hurricane was going to hit. The weather said California is going to get doused with many rounds of rain. So we had the opportunity to prepare. It's having conversations and getting in front of 
our operations leaders that are on site, our office leadership, making sure that they know in advance who to reach out to when something happens. And then on the other side of it, it's those that have the ability to send out messages, to, to communicate, to come in and assess what is happening in a situation really across all of our functional areas, not just our safety group, our human resources group, all of those that care for the people and make sure that we're prepared to come in and deal with any particular type of situation. So this has amped up our continual need to talk about this, to practice, to run through scenarios and to know how to use the system because we never know from one moment to the next when we may have to use it. Yeah. And based on what you said, I guess you could argue that it's critical to communicate when you know something's coming that's going to be bad, but it's even more critical to communicate when something hits you blind. Right. Absolutely. Well, as we start to wrap up here, what business continuity advice do you have for our listeners? And I'm sure there's dozens of things that are running through your head, but what's something that you're really passionate about in this area that you'd like people to consider? Well, you know, a couple things come to mind. Number one, business continuity plans. Continuity plans always need to be updated because they can change. When you look at our portfolio op locations, we, with 125 of them, we're always having an office move. We, we always have services change at an office. Numbers of people within offices change. The employees within an office change. We've got to have accurate information because if they are unable to get that to us, then we've got to be able to go to a place and find it. So we have to be able to look at that plan and know exactly what type of office location that we're looking at because all of our locations provide different services, different numbers of people, different threats that may impact them. So that's really number one. So it's, it's keeping those plans updated. The other is timely communication is key. People have to be available to step into a situation and respond to it so we can get word out very quickly. If somebody is trying to reach somebody to get a message out and they're unavailable, we're going to create a situation where we haven't held up our end of the deal or the promise to make sure that we're communicating timely um, and transparently that we want you to be safe in the actions that we need them to take. So making sure that you've got a number of people that are well-versed in what to do and how to appropriately respond is absolutely key. So, I mean, I think those are my two takeaways coming out of this. It's fantastic advice. And you're right. Timing is absolutely everything, especially in an emergency. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking time today. I really appreciate it. It's a great story for people to learn from. And I'm incredibly happy that none of your people were negatively affected by that storm because it was really, really bad. Thanks, Peter. It was great spending some time with you as well. You can learn more about Scott and his work with Clifton Larson Allen by clicking the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more insights and ideas to protect your people. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.